This podcast is brought to you by the Amateurs Fantasy Sports Network. To another NRL Fantasy Amateurs podcast. It is Mark here with Ryan and Rob, and we are going to do the Chooky Bums, the Roosters today, boys. Excited? Oh, mate, get a bit of Steggles in your belly. It's time to go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> do you reckon they intentionally got Steggles to be the sponsor, or is it a happy coincidence? It feels intentional, doesn't it? It's like uh, St. George Bank sponsoring the Dragons or when they used to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's too soon, mate. It's a bit of a sore point for the Dragons fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, boys, there's a bit, bit going on here in the Roosters. Obviously, uh, we predicted them to do really well last year, and they sort of didn't really do that well. There was probably some more – I think it was more off-field and, you know, partnerships and – that sort of stuff and maybe the weight of expectation and unfamiliar combinations. So I think, you know, we're in for a big bounce back year here. I think the Roosters, I know we said they did poorly, but they played finals and the Rabbitohs didn't. So, I mean, you know, they obviously weren't that bad. Yeah. They were literally like three minutes away from a grand final, from a prelim final. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's amazing. That's and that's the thing is like it doesn't take a lot to take a team that sucked and came seventh to you know moving into third place, which is kind of where we're at. Obviously, it's going to start with a number of players here. James Desco is going to be critical to that. Um, so I, I wrote my little bio here when I was doing the you know building the pages, and the, the thing that I put is since. 2019, his lowest season average when, you know, not including injury games is 54.4. But he went all the way down to 48.9 last year. So priced at 49 now, 54.4 previous low. I mean, obviously he's aging. We, you know, we've seen the stuff about the, the knees. There's been some, you know, interviews where he sort of said, oh, you know, weight of expectation and trying my bet, trying too hard and, whatever, and new halves combinations, a new hooker, and blah, blah, blah. You know, Ryan, do we see a, a pathway to a James Tedesco wing fullback resurgence that we're just all ignoring? Um, oh, jeez. Uh, I'd lean no. I, I feel like the resurgence might be like 2022. Like, I, I feel like at 31 years old now, he's on the wrong side of 30 for a fullback especially. Uh I, don't, I think the days of like the low 60s average Tedesco might be gone because um, you look at his, uh, say, games he played at least 60 minutes, 2023 compared to 2022. The only big difference is the run meters in 2023 were down by about 30 a game, which um, then played float on into tackle busts, which were down one a game, and that really accounts for like the four to five point difference for the most part um, in average. So uh, is uh, are those run meters going to come back with uh, you know, a 31-year-old man's legs who's got bum knees? They've got Dom Young and Daniel Tupo. Um, Tupo was injured a lot last year. He's back now. Uh, Dom Young, new signing. Obviously, they can rely on those guys quite a bit for hit-ups and kick returns. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there a path back for Tedesco to get those run meters back because his tries and try assists were very similar to 2022. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard one. And, I mean, Rob, 
at the end of the day, that probably the maths you need to do is at at a starting at a forty nine. Where's his upside? Is at fifty five, and then you know you look at guys like Jaden Campbell, Ryan Pappenhausen, probably have similar ceilings, but two hundred k less. Yeah, I just think I've been burnt starting with Tedesco before. Um, there's a he's a notorious slow starter. I don't know if there's any actual, you know. St- there's statistics in that, but there I don't is. There know absolutely is. Yeah, I don't know exactly what's in it. Like whether it's just, you know, they're finding the combinations. My own personal theory is that there's just too many mouths to feed on the on the chooks, um, and I suppose we'll get to that a bit later. But I think with Manu taking an ascendancy um, and just wanting demanding the ball more from center, there's just less um, avenues for him to create. Um, and it just means that their, their, their attack was just quite um, clunky last year, I think. They mm. tried to just give it to Teddy or give it to Manu to, to hope that they did something. Um, and, yeah, I just I can't really see a world where he um, comes out of the box firing, really, um, enough to make me want to buy him in round one. And the thing is, like, if you're going to have to Desco this year, it probably needs to be before Origin. Like, he, they, the Roosters don't have a buy until round 14, right? Let's assume yeah, Tedesco right. is in the origin side for at least game one and two. Maybe uh, Queensland's already won the series by game two. He's out by game three. The Roosters have a bye round 19, so it doesn't matter anyway. That's five games from round 13 onwards he's going to miss. Um, so, like, yeah. it's even tough to make a case that you know, maybe yeah. you're not even and, touching Tedesco at all this year. And and then you when you do, you go, okay, you know, we're going to buy Tedesco, ride him up to origin, and then, and then sell him in round 13, except... The Roosters, according to our ladder projections, have the comfortably hardest schedule of any team. And they are the only team that plays the Panthers or the Broncos three times in the opening 12 rounds. Jeez. Yeah, it's a pretty rough start as well. I've just had a quick look. Um, Broncos, Rabbits, Penrith, Melbourne. Broncos again, Warriors, Sharks. Yeah, Yeah, they they got three games against bottom five teams uh, and seven games against top seven teams or something out of the first 12. So it's, 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 it's rough. And uh, I actually think part of the reason why Tedesco scores so poorly at the start of the season is because the NRL intentionally schedules um, like blockbuster games, including the Roosters against other good teams. Well, that certainly happened with Vegas, I think. All the good teams are playing each other, which means that and, all the bad teams are playing each well. other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're like a, you know, they're a historic old team that people like to watch, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree. Yep. Yep. Good. All right. Well, he's a draft option. And I mean, if you want to take a, take a run at him, um, he's, you know, 14, he's going to miss and 23 is going to miss. So he's missing two head to head slash draft games. But yeah, no, he's, he's fine. I think he's one to like wait for the inevitable dip. And then if it makes sense, buy him later, but you know, given the other options, I think I'd be more likely to have a poke at Trebojevic than Tedesco. Yeah. Same. Yeah, I'd agree. Yep. Just yep. more upside. Cool. All right. I, there will invariably be a point where he'll be a buy. Um, it's going to be just, like round 11 or 12. Just looking at last year, <laughs> he was 550 K in round 12 and got an 84. Yeah. You know, yeah, so that's it. Perfect. He's got it. He yeah. has got it in him. It's just oh, it's always yeah. It's the it's time to buy Origin, James eh? Desco. The time to buy James Desco is right before Origin because everything like, tells yeah. you you shouldn't buy him at that time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's when you'll be going to sell him because he's just got a 15, you know? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> so. And then he's going to, you'll sell him and he'll get a 96 against the Tigers or something. Yeah. Um, all right. Dom Young's going to play on a wing. Uh, and then more than likely, Daniel Tupo is going to play on the other wing. And I apologize in advance for the rant that's coming up in the next couple of minutes, guys. I'm going to, I'm going to complain about something. I'm just going to put it out there. Neither of those guys are relevant for classic and, and not even particularly great draft options. I don't think even Dom Young more than likely going to be playing outside. Manu, who hasn't worked out, he's allowed to pass the ball yet. Uh, but, um, you know, one day he'll work that out. Uh, Manu is, uh, you know, he's available. He's going to be a high-end centre option again this year. He's going to be great over the origin period on those weeks where Tedesco's unavailable. Uh, he's at, right now, what ownership? 6.3. Normally he's about 20% by now, so... Um, he's not, he's not relevant, but, uh, I mean, the other position here, Joseph Suwali. I'm just warming myself up. Hang on. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Why is it? Okay. They got this, uh, New South Wales state of origin camp. Uh, uh, this is going to be a multi faceted rant here. So I apologize for this. It's New South Wales state of origin camp. They've invited like every single New South Wales eligible player almost to come to some camp preseason. Queensland's got, and this is, okay, so Queensland's got 30 people going to theirs. New South Wales got 50. All right, that's the first point, right? Why is it that Joseph Suwali, who's going to play rugby next year, why is he even being considered for origin? A, number one, because he's leaving, but B, and this is much more critical, because he's shit. (laughs) <laughs> At least it what wasn't he, me on the expletives this year. This, this what is he year. like? The what is he like? The fifteenth best backline player that's eligible for the Blues? Mac, maybe it's crazy how much better he is at wing than centre as well. And they keep he, rolling him out there. But he doesn't do Joseph. There is no material difference between Joseph Suwali and David Norfoluma. Like in terms of what they offer to a team. Like really, he he doesn't do anything, and I like even you know like people are banging on about it, and Will Penasini's just quietly going about his business, being an absolute weapon. No one says a word about him. Joseph Suwali, he takes a sniff, and he's got a thousand reporters there taking photos of him. Oh, Joseph Suwali's doing this. No one gives a shit about Joseph Suwali. We don't care what he's doing. Stop writing articles about him. I I'd love for him to just not be in this team at all. I hope he, I hope Trent Robertson sacks up and drops him and put, plays Billy Smith at centre, and Joseph Suwali's the 18th man all year, and they just give him the finger. That's what I hope. <laughs> right. uh, That's part one. That's part one of my rant. Now, the second part of my rant is, you know, the only thing that annoys me more than Joseph Suwali being chatted about for Origin is New South Wales people who have no idea about State of Origin trying to make suggestions about the Queensland state of origin team and how it's going to change this year. And, and what I mean by that is, uh, yeah, and I don't, this is not a fantasy take is there's a, there's a lot of chat happening on talking league about Reese Walsh and Caelan Ponga both being in the Queensland team and them dropping Ben Hunt. What? <laughs> And I, every time I hear it, I almost have a brain aneurysm and it's got nothing to do with like talking, like, you know, I love listening. It's, it's entertaining, you know, but 
it's just like I, I don't know if they just intentionally just close their eyes every time Queensland has the ball in State of Origin, but there is a, not a chance in hell that Ben Hunt doesn't play State of Origin unless he's got a broken leg. Even then, I mean, he might, might he might still limp out. <laughs> He'd still make it. This might be one of his last origins, right? Like he's not a spring. Champion. Oh, he's, he's thirty-four. It, yeah, but 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 um, look at you. Look at what he adds to the team. Oh, and he's still and, and, one of the best on the ground. It's, it's and, unbelievable. And, the other thing is neither Caelan Ponga nor Harry Gre- uh, nor Reese Walsh are able to play hooker, which means our entire dynamic of our team would have to shift to accommodate someone playing as a middle forward for five minutes off the bench that doesn't normally play there. When Ben Hunt has been arguably the best player in representative football for the last couple of years. It sounds like a very uh, New South Wales pick, to be honest. It does. It's, that's exactly what I mean. understand and, state of origin. Nope. Yeah, exactly right. They just don't understand State of Origin. And, you know, like, it's it's not specific to them because I'm sure there's a bunch of other people that live in Sydney sitting around talking about Caelan Ponger and Reese Walsh both being in the Queensland team as well. And I bang my head against the wall. It's just so happened that I happened to be listening to this conversation the other day. But, yeah, I just, yeah, crazy stuff. And, yeah, just the, it's Joseph Suwali wouldn't even get a look for Queensland. It, we would play Brinko Lee and Edric Lee and Corey Allen before we played Joseph Suwali because he's a dirty union loving turncoat and that's it <laughs> unlike uh, our queensland legends like brad thorne you know he's, he's, <laughs> exactly he, right he, i was just gonna say it. brad thorne yeah, but you shut your mouth he's a queenslander <laughs> or wendell you know lo, you know lottie to lottie, Kiri, yeah. lottie. No, look, <laughs> i'm not here for that yeah but they did it they just went they just went for the money at the end he's he's you know he's given up on a you know bog standard uh career in rugby league being a like a fringe first grader to go and you know earn one point five million dollars, where only the boss of Qantas is going to be watching his games <laughs> in a completely empty uh, Suncorp Stadium. <laughs> He'll be playing for the Gold Coast Suns in about five years. <laughs> oh, the old uh, the was it was it Carmichael Hunt? Was yeah, that Carmichael. yeah, 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 yeah love it. that. Yeah, that that's what you get too. I he think the career progression is um is boxing after Union, right? Is that oh man, Sunny Bill yeah. trajectory? He could fight to he could fight Pangai until he returns after one month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did how did Pangai's boxing career go? Yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh, short lived apparently. So yeah, so no, and that, like I'm sure that Joseph Suwali is actually a really nice person. I just have I have a problem. I guess my take is more about the media and the way that they talk about him than the person himself. So I just think I've never seen someone who's achieved so little in his so, career get yeah. so much attention. It's just it's not yeah. fair on him. Um, no. and I but I don't think he's got very smart people around him either. No, if that makes sense. No, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been mismanaged from start to finish his entire career. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving into the <laughs> moving into the halves because none of that backline's relevant. Uh, Luke Carey and Sam Walker are going to be there. Sam Walker, um, you know, he averaged fifty-ish somehow last year. Uh, him and Kiri are going to be kicking around. Uh, you know, maybe there's some value. Who knows? I I'm not willing to bet my fantasy season on Sam Walker. Uh, anyone have any strong opinions on the uh, Bruce's halves before we move into the forward pack? Yeah, no, not priced at fifty. Happy to happy to move along. I, again, I almost just think something has to give and then to let Manu do it. But mm. until they do that, which they won't. Um, yeah, Luke, Luke Keery's on the wrong side of the age curve, that's for sure. 
um, uh, you know, and Billy Smith is just re-signed. Like, there's a world where Billy Smith goes to center and and Manu goes to six, and Luke Carey's not in the team. But um, that puts a lot of pressure on Sam Walker uh, for you know and kicking played, and whatever. Played a bit of Reggie's last year, didn't he? And yeah, yeah, probably not. I'd like to it yet. Yeah, I'd like to give him a couple more years. He, Sam Walker's very much taking the DCE. Uh, Queen, uh, in terms of like how Queenslanders feel about him, uh, path, you know, playing for a, a New South Wales club, you know, sort of, you know, a bit of early career, a little bit of success and whatever. Obviously, he hasn't done the the backflip, but the um, you know, just you know, sort of, I used to hate Terry Evans in Origin as well. Like he used to come on and just do dumb shit off the bench before he sort of started started starting and it really used to frustrate me, but um, I'm sure Sam Walker and Tom Dearden are going to make an excellent halves pairing into the future. Oh, the dynasty just keeps rolling on. That's it. Yeah. And then, you know, we're, you know, if we, if one of them's injured, we have to, you know, suck it up and maybe have to play Reese Walsh at five, eight or something like that. But um, I'm sure you could do a lot worse. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's uh yeah, it's tough times. So, um, yeah, then we move on to the forward pack, which is where all of our interest is. Obviously, you know, moving through the non-relevant options, Victor Radley's going to be at lock. Lindsay Collins is going to be one of the starting props, more than likely. Nat Butcher, really good last year. Very expensive. Good draft option, Jewel. You know, one to, you know, watch for later in the year if he's still relevant. But um, the other prop, the other starting positions is probably where, we're, you know, we enter our uh, discussion. Uh, so, uh, just for you know, some illumination here, we've got Jared Warrior Hargreaves, who's gonna be in the team somewhere. Uh, as much as he's not part of the Roosters' plans for the future, he's you know leadership, and he does add sort of an element of uh, something that maybe the other guys in the team probably don't bring. Um, I, the word uh, "dickheadness" comes to future, but or, or maybe the the polite way to say that might be mongrel. Um, and you, and you need a bit of that, although, I mean, Victor Radley does that in a, a kind of a different way. But, I mean, they've got uh, they've got uh, Naf- Nafahu White, Satili Tupanua, C.U.R. Wong, Spencer Lino, Terrell May, Angus Crichton, all sort of really fighting for only a couple of jerseys here, which, you know, let's say three jerseys for, for guys. Like, you know, all every single one of those players would be a starter at the Bulldogs, although that's maybe not saying a lot. But um, the starting prop, is is an interesting one because I mean Spencer Lino is a a popular option Ryan and and yet finds himself uh, kind of not somebody who's been in my team really at all but at twenty twenty point five percent he's obviously favoured by a lot of people. Yeah, I wonder if we're we're the ones missing something, but uh, I don't know if we are. He's I'm not sure he's going to get the minutes necessarily to be super relevant um like his ppm is has been decent at penrith like it was 0.87 last year assuming that holds at at 29 like he's gonna need like 47 46 minutes and like when you've got victor radley already playing big minutes lindsey collins playing big minutes you've got seemingly two 80 minute edges potentially Connor connor watson on the bench yeah, uh, he seems more like he's going to be a like a thirty-five and forty-minute type guy um, for mm. mine, which is value, but not exactly enough either. Yeah, no, that's exactly how I feel. I 
don't understand the Lino hype at all. So, Rob, are you are you in agreement with us? Is he the? <clears throat> oh, we've got him labelled as a cash cow on our website, but he probably should be a trap, shouldn't he? Yeah, I think he is leaning towards trap. I think hopefully the Warrior Hargrave's mail will mean that less people get on him um, because there's just even less minutes to go around. They've just got such an abundance of riches, the, the roosters. Um, and I don't know if it particularly helps them because, you know, it's not it's, – it's too many people, it's too many first graders that could play elsewhere competing for roles. Um, which just means oh, they probably need it with all the injuries that they've been decimated with over the last couple of yeah, years. Yeah, so. they were they were pretty unlucky last year with with injuries, but this year, all of the guys you mentioned um, could all could all be starting players at other clubs. Um, so, and Lenny Lenny is really good, like f- like football wise, really really good player. It's just mm. yeah, is he gonna is he gonna get a role? Is there gonna be enough minutes on an already stacked um, team? Yeah, Lindsay Collins like plays a lot of minutes, and uh, it's nothing you haven't said before. But I I tend to agree. Um, w- we like him because he, we know who he is, and he played for a great team last year. He's come to a new club, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to get the minutes to be to make you the money he needs to. Yeah, I mean, I find it really hard to see. I think forty minutes is his ceiling in this team. Like I can't see, I don't see a path to more than forty minutes. And like, it's a, it's entirely possible that he just plays the exact same role that he played at Penrith, uh, but just for more money than what Penrith had in the cap because the Roosters don't he have. Did it really well. Role. He was really good at that role, like yeah. among the best in the in the. Oh, possibly. and particularly when you got a guy like Terrell May who can like we've seen it that he can just he can play fifty five minutes with his eye with his hands tied behind his back. Like when you got Lino who specializes in playing that like 30 points in 30 minutes, you know, impact prop off the bench, you know, create havoc and then go off the field role. Why would you try to make yeah. yourself into something you don't, you're not when you've got a bunch of dudes who can do that exact role that, that, you know, everyone's thinking like, I, I think it's just people think, see contract and go, Oh, you got a big contract. He's going to get lots of minutes. And it's like, maybe he's just been paid a lot because he's really, really good at the role that he does. And I think that that role is just like completely tanked with uh, the contracts we've been seeing. Like, look at the Warriors who are trying to sign Hamlin Ueli for seven hundred k a year. You know, like yeah. he's he's, he's a lot worse, a lot worse than Lenu. Um, and um, but is that same kind of role that thirty to forty minute impact bench forward? Um, yeah. And I think it's it's kind of like with Dom Young. Like people see a guy that's going to a new club and get a little bit excited um, because. Like, it's new, it's fun, but, yeah. Trap, trap, trap. Yep. No, I love it. All right. Move along. Guys, we've got two plays here I'm really excited about. So let's start with the guy who we know is definitely going to be in the position, which is Brandon Smith is going to be the hooker. Now, Ryan, I know you love this. You're our uh, resident uh, Brandon Smith guy. Big cheese guy. (laughs) Big big cheese guy. (laughs) You love the cheese. (laughs) <laughs> have you got okay speaking of cheese all right i'm gonna i went on a negative tangent i need to go on a positive tangent. top three cheeses have you guys ever seen the like pasta that you get where they bring it out in a giant wheel of cheese and like cook the pasta actually in the big wheel of cheese and then like put it on your plate and take the big wheel of cheese away i've never no. seen that in my yeah, life no. where oh, it's so good where where are you eating this 
Okay, so I had it. I took a girl on a first date before I met my wife, obviously. I took a girl on a first date to an Italian restaurant that's just up the road from the Gabba. Um, it's kind of near, um, like opposite the KFC and the McDonald's. I don't know if you know Brisbane near the near the Gabba there. Just up the just there, there's a Italian restaurant on the other side of the road, and they just bought out. It's like a cheese pasta, but they bought out like it was a oh, half a meter wide wheel of cheese. <laughs> It, it might have been bigger than that. It might have been 70 centimetres wide. Um, and they literally just bought it out on a trolley and they had the pasta and the sauce and stuff like inside the the big wheel of cheese and they were like literally like cooking this pasta inside the cheese wheel and then like picked this pasta up with the tongs or whatever and like did the like twisty thing where you do it to pick up the pasta and like put it on the plate and then took the wheel of cheese away. Just a couple of follow-up questions. What kind of cheese was it? I don't know what, like it was a big wheel of cheese. I don't know. And then, <laughs> and then what kind of pasta was it? Like oh, it was, just like a, it was like a carbonara of some description, like something like that or like a cheese. I know actually I, I probably just upset a bunch of people because carbonara, proper carbonara doesn't actually have cheese. But some some sort of. No, a, it does. It has. Um, it oh, has pe- pecorino Amazon. or something. Like, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But but was the cheese melting in the pasta as it cooked? Yeah, was that's that the, that's okay. that's the idea. Is is that's is this? Yeah, you 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 cook like a million pasta dis- dishes in this one wheel of cheese, and it slowly just melts the cheese into the pasta. Mm. That's I'm, I would definitely try that. It sounds fascinating. yeah, it was awesome. It was very um, interactive. Cheese chats with Mark Ryan and Rob. <laughs> <laughs> cheese and pasta. Ryan's just furiously googling the name of this Italian restaurant to time. But we get a booking. <laughs> He's already booked it in. Where do I get a big wheel of cheese with pasta in it? Um, okay, but Ryan, yep. Brandon Smith is not a wheel of cheese; he's a block of cheese, uh, uh-huh. and he's uh, the hooker for the Roosters. He's mid eligible again. Five hundred forty k, thirty nine break even. Disappointed everybody last year. That said, because he was so highly owned, every team that came in the top five started with Brandon Smith. So he obviously didn't hurt you that bad. Which means we're back in again. What do you think? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. No, this time he's uh, only got about seventeen percent ownership though. Um, I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Um, no, look. Uh, I think. Jeez, oh, he's not someone I've had in my team all preseason, but. I mean, the more I look at him, the more it's seemingly there's a case here to be made that there is 10 points of value. Um, when he played at least 60 minutes last year, he did average 49 and a half. Uh, and that was in, what, about 11 starts, something like that. Uh, Jake Turpin gone. Really, the only person in this side who's a chance to pinch minutes off him is Connor Watson. You'd imagine, uh, unlike Jake Turpin, they, they're not going to want Connor Watson playing more than, say, 15, maybe 20. Um, so I, I think Cheese is probably a, a 60 to low 70-minute potential player here, uh, which would put him in the high 40s. Uh, I, I don't, don't know if I'm willing to take the plunge, but how are you feeling about him? Uh, I He's been in my team for a while, uh, but i um not emotionally attached, <laughs> but... Mm. I feel like the mid-jewel really uh, tips you over, doesn't it? 
Oh, it's definitely doing a lot of heavy lifting, the mid-jewel, for <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, if he didn't have a mid-jewel, I wouldn't even be looking at him. Uh, it's just that, that the dual mid, like just there's just something about a Fatala, Mariner, Brandon Smith, Curran, Totola, Cotter mid combination that says to me, you're never going to have a problem with having at least three mids available, <laughs> which I'm I'm really happy with. Yeah, it almost wasn't his his um, performance on the field that let us all down. It was injury and a little bit of performance, but mostly it was injury. Um, we can see what he can do, and we're all predicting them to be better than they were last year. Um, I just think with if we do get an Eels guy, he's just the perfect second guy, I think. Uh, you can get Robson if you want, it's fine, but you don't necessarily need Robson anymore, which I really like. It's really attractive to me. Yeah, it definitely allows a little bit more flexibility, that's for sure, in terms of how you want to actually structure your team. Um, you know, like like as I said, I have no idea what I'm going to do with this 750K, but I, I don't feel like Brandon Smith, is, I, th- I feel like maybe it's kind of the opposite to last year where he obviously let everyone down last year and all the people who are willing to be heard again are back on, you know, seeing the similar thing to what Ryan's seeing, like this, you know, begrudgingly maybe 10 points of value there. Uh, I mean, we did the stance last year though, didn't we? We, we? He was in and out of everyone's team. But I didn't think he was a buy last year. But it didn't uh, really matter because Hooker was so bad that, like, the only rival person to start with last year was Tanner Boyd, you know? Like, no other Hooker you was worth starting with. So... Yeah, no, uh, it's. I think ob- objectively, Tanner Boyd, Brandon Smith was the the best combination last year, which is not a, 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 you know, positive comment. But it's fine because of the state of the position. Like Tanner Boyd, like you, you almost want a non-hooker, and and Cheese kind of is that kind of prototype. He's not. Mm. He is not like a stereotypical hooker. He kind no. of plays a bit midly, like he gets involved and I think that's if, if there was someone like Tanner Boyd this year it would be fantastic we could jump on him because the hooker just mm. we've talked about it a lot but the pure hooker position just fell off a cliff last year so if we can avoid that then happy days I guess uh bright side here is that Brandon Smith doesn't have to see Felice Cafusi until round 22 so uh Ooh. he's got that in his favor <laughs> Perfect. That is um, nice. I, I guess, like when we jumped back on around round seven, like he actually was pretty good until he broke his thumb, like that, which is again really bad good. luck. We're forgetting yeah. this. He was very yeah. good outside of those first couple of weeks. Yeah. No, I think he actually, uh, and I mean, obviously, you know, rib cartilage injury is is not really something we can judge him on. If you have a look at his sixty plus minute starts last year, ten games average forty nine point five. So it wasn't exactly a dump dumpster fire. And that was a ten percent try scoring rate where his previous two seasons he had a forty percent try scoring rate. So the base was up, the attacking stats were down, but it was all just try scoring. Outside of that he was uh you know, he was not pretty normal cheese related stuff. So I'm sort of I'm I'm pretty open to to going again. Um I do just want to give you a, a cheese wheel update by the way guys. Um, I've done some research and it turns out the Italian restaurant is now an Indian restaurant, which is really disappointing. <laughs> do you think they still do the cheese wheel though? <laughs> I'm almost certain that they don't. I'm surprised what they didn't like have a, like-, like a paneer, like a paneer situation. They'd be pretty, pretty good. Like I think garlic and cheese naan is going to be the closest that you get. 
Mark's talked us up with this mythical old cheese wheel. And it turns out it's like, was sure it a fever dream? Does it even exist? I think Mark just had a wheel of cheese <laughs> one night. <laughs> and he just fell into a lucid dream. <laughs> well, yeah, Mark just fucking dumped a bag of grated cheese <laughs> on a bowl of pasta. <laughs> Oh, no. I think the date was not going to an Italian restaurant at all. It was just her going back to his house and her meeting a whole wheel of cheese. <laughs> I'm not going to add any of this. It's all staying in. Oh, man. Jesus. Oh, cheese chat. Oh, good chat, good chat, good story. I'm going to try to control myself here. It's a phenomenal story. I, I want to know if it actually exists, if it's actually a no, thing. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find. I'm gonna do some more research. Please. But if anyone else went to the restaurant with the big wheel of cheese, <laughs> <laughs> please send us a message on the socials. <laughs> so funny. All right, control myself. Mark, step out of it. Focus, you're a professional podcaster. You do adult things. Okay. Good job, everybody. Um, before we before we wrap it up, um, if you really enjoyed that, uh, if anyone else broke into hysterics there, I'd really like to know about that as well because that was really, really funny. Um, uh, Angus Crichton, the other edge spot, opposite Nat Butcher. Uh, obviously, Angus Crichton, uh, not a great season last year. Obviously, he had some off-field medical-related stuff, which, you know, it happens and nobody's here to, you know, speak negatively about that. Um, but, I mean, for us, it's, you know, a really nice opportunity for fantasy, assuming that he's able to go back to everything else and he's done his, in his career aside from the one year where he had, you know, some off-field issues. He's obviously been a, an absolute gun edge-back rower his entire career. He's got 103-60-plus minute edge games where he's, Career average is 56.6, which is massive. Obviously, 2016, he averaged 65.8. 2022, he had a down year, 53.5. 2019, 50. 2020, went back up to 65.1. 2021, 58.6. 2022, 56.1. And then all the way down at 50, uh, 44.7 last year in the three games we started on the edge. And that was only in 66 minutes. Uh, boys, Angus Creighton's an elite, uh, you know, David Fafita-level talent if he plays 80 minutes on the edge at 501K. Is there anything that would stop you from buying him, Rob, starting with you? No, I think if he gets an edge spot, we're all hoping, which we're all hoping he does, we all hope that he can get back to his former glory because his some of the best moments I've had in fantasy have been watching him. I think his 101, was it 101? He got some massive score. Oh, no, it was like 120. That was not a yeah. happy moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, no. Some memories. Some memories. Ryan, Ryan, do, do you know the story? Do you know what happened there? Uh, is that, was this Hurt Locker? No, no. Ryan sent me a message asking if he should buy Paul Gallen or Angus Crichton. And I tipped him into Paul Gallen, and Gallen got like 65 or something like that. And he was really excited. And then Angus Crichton broke the record for fantasy points in a single game that week. Mm. Yeah. 
that was I remember I happened. remember where I was when I did it. I remember where I was when I did it and I didn't feel bad and I still don't. Yeah. I mean you'd be happy with a sixty five, right? That's just that's you just want happy with hundred and twenty. Yeah. But I think do, do you think like we all hope Crichton will get the spot, but do you think whoever gets that spot is possibly fantasy relevant? Um, well, my concern with Siwa Wong is if it's Siwa Wong, is he going to play 80 minutes? Because that doesn't, that wasn't what we saw last year. Yeah. Whereas it's just if the, it's Angus uh, Crichton, Angus Crichton's an 80 minute edge back roller. He can play 80 minutes in his sleep. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like if you look at Wong, um, his career edge back row slash edge middle starts, he's got three. An average of 37 in 60 minutes. We're talking about a completely different prospect. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, Angus Crichton is to uh, see while Wong, uh, what like Wong is to like the two minute packet of chicken noodles with some grated cheese that I put in where Angus is the mythical cheese wheel. So, I mean, they're not really, <laughs> they're not really comparable. So I, I think if, if it's Wong, he's a massive trap. And if it's Angus, he's a fill up, even though Angus is more expensive just based on who they are as, as players. I mean, maybe I'm, maybe that's wrong. Uh, Ryan, do you have a, an opinion? I mean, I'd just like to see something in the, in the trials from Angus yeah, to show me that he's back. Um, like he's taking a dangerous uh, career path at the moment where he might end up in Bryce Cartwright sort of territory where he has to go hey, 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 the weeds for hey, a little bit. Hey, 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 we'll hear no Cartwright slander on this podcast, mate. This yeah, is no, we just want him to get down to 250 so that he's an absolute filler. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'd just like to see something because like even last year, like I know because like, there's been rumours floating around and like, I'm not going to say too much about it but like we've all heard them it's been floating around since the world cup last year um just the fact that he never really played um many games with big minutes last year is just i don't know i just find it a little bit concerning here's here's Um, here's what we know that angus and his family have have personally confirmed and no rumor in or innuendo so angus Crichton had some sort of issue that resulted in him getting a diagnosis of uh, what's it called? Not bipolar disorder. Bipolar. Yep. Um, and then he uh, basically, obviously, had a really limited or non-existent preseason. You know, was in and out of the team. You know, didn't look like he was mentally, you know, focused on what he was doing. And the Roosters that was sort of, you know, reflective of the Roosters as a whole. Maybe a little bit. Um, many players would have been happy with what Angus Crichton did last year, stats-wise. Obviously, well below his his numbers. He's come back on social media in the last couple of weeks, basically saying like, "Hey, I had a, a shit year last year, and you know, I'm sort of all all in the past, and I'm 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 ready to go." Um, which more or less is kind of what I what I read. And and as soon as I saw that, I put him straight in my team like two seconds later. That's that's the thing is. That was my, you know, my take on it is he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's back, he's mentally focused. He's, you know, it's a contract year, which is, you know, is important to it because, I mean, he's, you know, he he's going to be looking to do something. I mean, there's a lot of teams like, you know, Raymond Vitale Mariner just signed with the Dragons, like, hello, Angus Crichton. 
So, um, you know, there's teams that, that are looking for an edge-back roller. He's obviously a, an elite one. The Roosters will, you know, depending on what he do, they he does, they might be looking to, to keep him around, obviously, with, with you know, guys like Jared Boyer Hargreaves maybe going out of the team. Um, you know, he's he is somebody I just, yeah, if, if he turns up starting edge back row in the trials, name their round one, looks like old Angus, it's going to be, you know, he's a potential guy that might end up being a vice-captaincy option more than he is somebody, you know, that's not a buy, if, if, assuming he's back. Yeah, no, look, I, I think that's all valid. If he, I mean, it, look, I'm just reserving the right to see a little bit more at this stage, but, like, if he if he's named to start on the first trial or the second trial and he looks awesome, then, then yeah, he, he'll yeah. be in my side for sure round one because we know what the upside is there. Um, and yeah. he doesn't even need to be uh, the old Angus to be a buy, really. Like, he could be a 60-minute, no. 65-minute, a 45 average player and he's still, you know... There's still value, yeah, plenty of value there. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. The, I think the down, the absolute downside is you get, and exactly what he did last year. Um, but the, I mean, the upside is is a sixty plus average player. So, mm. yeah, huge stuff. All right, um, that's that's probably it. And then obviously the Roosters are going to have some combination of those guys on the bench. We're going to be looking for, you know, players like Nafahu White or. Um, uh, Terrell made to maybe, you know, make a breakout later in the year if there's injuries or suspensions or they, you know, sign with a different club because they got the shits because they're not getting any game time, you know, which, you know, could happen. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, the Roosters are, on paper, the Roosters are the best team in the comp. Is that is that a hot take? They certainly have the best depth in the comp. Yeah. You're talking about they like. They probably have the best 20 players in the comp. All right, so let me let me put it to you this way: If the any of the players, a single player in the Roosters roster, one player got injured, would their team get dramatically worse? No way. They have their 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 backups almost better than their starters because they've yeah, got. That's money. what I mean. <laughs> like they lose like, Brandon, they lose Brandon Smith. They got Connor Watson there, who's you know they a lose good hooker. Nat Butcher, they get Sioa Wong. You know, like it's yeah, not a correct. massive. Even Tedesco or Sam Walker, they just plug Manu into the halves. It and helps them. Back, you know? Honestly, injuries yeah. help them. I think they just need to make some make some bold calls to do better this year, I think, the yeah. rest is. You know, what they could do is actually get a, a someone who can coach would be a good start. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Oh, the Roosters, man. man, they, this is a, this is a, this is a premiership roster uh, and you can't convince me otherwise. So no, it absolutely is. Yep. Love it. All right, guys, any further last thoughts before we uh, wrap it up? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I think, I think this has been, uh, I think we've had plenty. Just want to know what's going on with the wheel of cheese. Have you got any updates there or? We just yeah. want cheese up, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So apparently, there's a. Uh, it's actually a specific type of. So if you look it up, if you just type in uh, pasta and a big wheel of cheese into Google, you get plenty of results. It's uh, it's called pasta alla ro- ruota, uh, which is a style of pasta that's made tableside by mixing freshly cooked spaghetti, linguine, or any other type of pasta in a cheese wheel. Oui. <laughs> mostly, mostly Parmigiano Reggiano. Okay, yeah, no, there you go. It's a thing. Yum. Google images. There's plenty there. Yep. yep. There you go. 
Let's awesome. do it. Let's have a let's have a, a cheese wheel. If anyone's ever made this before, I'd like to see a photo of it. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate you tuning in. Um, I'm I'm definitely not editing out the laughing, so you're just gonna have to put up with that. I'm sure you did. And hopefully, you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, appreciate you you hanging out with us, and and we're gonna jump into the the top two teams, grand finalists. We'll uh, we'll go through the Broncos next week. Love you guys. This show was brought to you by our good friends at Picklebet. You can support the show by changing your regular bookmaking provider to Picklebet and using the code AMATURES on your first deposit to let them know where we found you. Make sure to set a deposit limit because chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.